0: So I'm going to get right to the message. Have a wonderful day. Praise God. How many is glad to be in the house of God this morning? Praise God. How many is glad to be out of Sturgis? (laughs) Amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn with me, if you would, to the book of Luke. Luke. We can go to chapter 15, verse number 11. Also, uh, while you're going to Luke, go back, hold your spot in Luke 15, go back to Numbers chapter 22, and I'm going to take two of these stories, and I'm going to read them, and they're going to seem like they're a hundred miles apart from each other. But with the help of the Holy Ghost, amen, I'm going to bring both of these into conjunction together. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, stay in the house. house. Amen. Amen. Stay in the house. Praise God. You know, one one of the biggest things that church people go through with that they have to deal with, you know i mean because we're always looking over here for the devil to come over here on this side and we're looking for the uh the cussing devil to come over here we're looking for the fighting devil to come over here but it's that restless spirit that will come in so easy and get up on the church and we become rest how many knows that when you become restless It's like you're pacing the floor. It's like you're trying to find something on TV. It's like you're you're binge eating on chocolate donuts. I feel God in chocolate. But you do all of the... When you get restless, things begin to happen. And you lose your focus, and you're trying to find anything that you can find to make you feel better, make you feel good, or something of importance. And when you... when When we fall into that a lot of times, what the enemy does is he pulls us out of the house. Now, listen to me this morning. When you're inside of God's house, you are blessed. You are protected. When you get outside of that house, that's where the enemy wants to come to your life at. See, the Bible says in the book of Job, the Bible said that the enemy, Satan wanted to take him out, but he couldn't because there was a hedge about him he was in that protected, pr- protected place and in that house and while he was in that house he couldn't touch him and so it was for God to move his hand up all, up off off of his life and the enemy wants to reel you out and if he can ever get you restless we will start having wondering ears wondering eyes do, do y'all remember in the Sunday School class years ago uh, I don't know maybe you didn't sing it but we used to sing that song be careful little eyes what you see be careful little ears what you hear be careful little hands what you do be careful little feet where you go be careful little mouth what you say and those are the things that the enemy is counting on you to get so restless until you forget it let's go to Luke chapter 15 then we go to numbers chapter 22 Find both of those places. We will go there. Luke chapter 15. Are you there? Verse number 11. Luke 15 verse number 11. This is just an old familiar story here. Then he said, a certain man. Look at your neighbor and say a certain man. It could be a tall man. Tell him. Say it could be a tall man. Short man. Good looking man. Ugly man. Skinny man. Fat man. A certain. This means it could be anybody. He's not pointing out this could be anybody. Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, "Give me the portion of goods that falls to me." So he divided to them his his livelihood, and not many days after, the young son gathered all together journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Go back, listen, listen, let's look here because I want to point out something here. I want you to see this. Then he said a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to both of them. Listen to this, get a hold of this, not just one says to them he didn't just give the young he gave both I'm gonna come back to this in just a minute he gave to them their livelihood let's go to Numbers chapter 22 Numbers chapter 22 we're gonna start verse number 20 another old familiar story this is Balaam and uh, and the donkey how many like Balaam and the donkey and God gave to Balaam at night and God came to Balaam at night and said and said to him If the men come to call you, rise and go with them. But only the word which I speak to you, that shall you do. So Balaam rose in the morning and saddled his donkey and went with the princess of Moab. Then God's anger was aroused because he went. And the angel of the Lord took his hand in the way as an adversary against him. And he was riding his donkey and his two servants were with him. Now the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way of his drawn sword in his hand. And the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. So Balaam struck the donkey to turn back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards. With a wall on this side and a wall on that side, and when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, he pushed her, she pushed herself against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. Then the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow... Ain't she so glad God keeps going further? Amen. And stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn, either the right hand or the left. And the donkey saw the angel of the Lord she lay, down, she lay down under Balaam, so Balaam's anger was aroused, and he struck the donkey with his staff. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. This is where it gets crazy. And she said, <laughs> when donkeys talk, I leave. And she said to Balaam, what have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey now this is where it gets crazier when you have a conversation with the donkey and Balaam said to the donkey because you have abused me I wish there were a sword in my hand for now I would kill you so the donkey said to Balaam am I not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day was I ever disposed was was I ever dis- disposed to do this to you and he said No, then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel Lord standing in the way with his sword in his hand and he bowed his head and fell flat on his face and the angel Lord said to him, why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come to stand against you because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely I would have killed you by now. And let her live. And Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, "I have sinned, for I did not know you stood in the way against me. Now, therefore, if it displease you, I will turn. If it displeases you, I will turn back." Then the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, "Go with the men, but the only, but only the word that I speak to you, that shall, that you shall speak." So Balaam went with his princess of Balak. Dear gracious heavenly father, let your word today as we as we uncover your word, let it move in this house. Father, I pray that when they get up and they leave this place, that they understand that your presence is the only place to be in. And Lord, no matter what comes in either direction, father, that they find peace with you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Give me just a few minutes this morning as I just unravel this this word that God has begun to give to me. There is a lot of times when what we see or what we hear will draw us out or captivate us because the enemy always wants to uh, come at you and he wants to uh, uh, pull you out, entice you or bait you according to your flesh. How many of those were all flesh? There's not one of us in here this morning that has not given to the flesh uh, probably several times this week (laughs) because that's what we are. But thank God for the presence and the power of God that stands in our way. Thank God that he moves in our direction and he calls us and he appoints us and he, he begins to lead us. In this first story about Luke, you know, uh, I have uh, talked about this Many occasions, and I've talked this many times, and we have preached this on the evangelistic field, and I've always talked about the prodigal son uh, taking all of his money and uh, going against riotous living and, and spending it and, and uh, living in a, in a hog pen and coming back. And then I've always talked about the older son who was really backslidden. It was his problem and everything. But when I read this story, I've seen what I have never seen before all this time is the Bible said he gave to both of them. How many knows there are some people that can handle blessings and there are some people that cannot? There are some people that just cannot handle the upgrade or the blessing. And there are some people that can, can take a blessing and just, just mess it all up. There are some people that can just absolutely just destroy a good blessing. But the Bible says that the younger son came to his dad and he said I want all my money. I want everything I want you to give me everything that I'm already going to get I want you to go ahead I want you to give that to me because I want to take it It wasn't that he wasn't provided for it wasn't that he didn't have anything because he had servants He had food. He had everything. I mean he had the best bed. He had the best view. He had the best of everything He didn't have to do anything. He just called one of the servants and the servants did it for him It was that he got restless. I need to tell somebody in here Isn't it funny how we get into God's and he is the provider, and he is everything, and we talk about he is everything, and we talk about there's nothing better than God, but at the same time, we get in the house of God, and we become restless, and it's not that we don't like God. It's not we don't love God. It's not that God can't provide. He said we want to be our own boss. We want to make our own decision. We want to do whatever we want to do. We want to take everything we got, and we want to make this decision on our own, and that's exactly what happened in this story. It wasn't that he wasn't provided for. He wanted to take control. A lot of times church people, we sit in church and we want to take control. God, you ain't doing it fast enough. Lord. that's not the way I'd have done it. I'd have slapped them. Lord, I can't believe you forgave them. I don't know if I can. They done me wrong one's enough getting somewhere God's looking down and saying one's enough huh and how many times have we messed it up but what happens is is we get to a position in our lives that we get restless And once we get restless we want to get out from underneath anything because we think we just got to make something happen we think that we just got to do this we want to make our own decisions we want to be our own boss in things now I'm telling you right now they nobody wants to be your boss I I, I know sometimes uh, we we, we think that praise God but 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 nobody wants to be your boss and God is not sitting down and governing you putting his finger on you it is by the grace of God that you follow his will He's never made you do anything And he's never loved you any less because you disobeyed Isn't that amazing God still loves us even when we get mad God still loves us even when we get aggravated. God still loves us even when we go through those moments in life. And this is this this story that I began to see that that a lot of times what happens is uh, is we get out of the house because the enemy knew that as long as this young boy was in this house, uh, there was nothing he could do to touch him. And the enemy knows that as long as you're underneath God's will, and you're following in his footsteps. You may be as wrong as wrong can be, but when you are in covenant with God and you are underneath his protection, the lying devil cannot touch you. He can't curse you. He can't kill you. Come on, somebody. He can't do those things. But when you get restless and get out, he wanted to draw him out of the house. The only way to draw him out of the house it's getting him so restless that he thinks there's nothing good going to happen. He thinks everybody else is having a good time. Well, everybody else is there down there at, at Sturgis, and I'm I'm in church. <laughs> everybody else is at the races, and I'm in church. Well, it's funny how everybody else can go to the Chiefs football game, but I got to go to church. And we think that that things are happening around us. But what God is trying to get us to do is to stay in the house. Because when you stay in the house, the enemy cannot touch you. But the moment he got out of the house and the moment that the enemy began to move upon his mind, he began to spend all of his money. He wound up in a hog pen how many how many of us know people who is wound up in a hog pen You can go ahead and raise your hand it's okay I mean it's like well you know what I told them and a lot of times that's what happens to the church is we're sitting back and pointing their finger well I told them that they did that that's exactly what's gonna happen let them call somebody else I ain't gonna mess with them I've said that a few times And as soon as I said it, I mean, it's like the Holy Ghost said, bloop. And the thing about it is, is that once once he got out of the house, the enemy turned on him and see church people I need to tell you something this morning There is a revival that is knocking down the door of America at this moment right now and yes we have come through one hell of a year in 2020 and it doesn't seem like that it's going to get any easier and it doesn't seem like that it's going to fall down and bow down but I'm telling you right now uh, that everything that exalts itself above God uh, has got to bow down uh, underneath the feet of God uh, and thing I dare say uh, that come against the church, of uh, uh, the living God uh, will, ex- will experience uh, the hand of God uh, because you cannot curse uh, what God has blessed. Amen. But when the church gets restless, we start trying to make our own decisions. We get out from underneath that protection of God. And when the church starts getting out Underneath that protection of God What happens is, is The enemy starts reeling us in And enticing us And baiting us And pulling us in And before you know it We get so far down the road That everything that we had at one time We've lost everything And we wind up in a hog pen I need to preach the life changers I, 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 I can't preach to any other church But I can preach to anybody Who wants to hear me this morning That there is a revival that has been incubated underneath adversity and it has stayed its course. But I'm telling you right now that when the water breaks, you will give birth where you are at. I need to tell somebody you can't give birth until the water breaks. I need to tell the church I hear the rushing sound of a mighty wind. I hear a river flowing. I believe the water has broke. I believe that the restless syndrome my, this fallen on the church has got to break <clears throat> Now I'm no doctor but you ain't gonna walk into a hospital and say hey I'm having pains I need to have a kid <laughs> take it <back> a baby <laughs> my wife told me one time a kid's a goat quit saying kid even if you're having the pains the water It's got to break. The water, and you got to pass through the blood. Come on, somebody. Why was it when Jesus was on the cross uh, and the Roman centurion soldier uh, stabbed him in the side uh, and out of his side come water and blood? Uh, for in that moment uh, was the birth uh, of the church uh, of the whole world uh, upon the cross. Uh, God gave birth uh, and a new living thing uh, began to come in. Uh, there were two things uh, that, that are twins uh, and it is birth and death uh, and both of them uh, has got to do the same thing. Uh, they got to go from one dimension uh, to another dimension. uh, And I dare say that you got to die and be born again uh, and walk from one place uh, to another place uh, and that the power and the glory of God uh, will redeem you uh, and move upon your life. And so this revival that has come in such a form and such a fashion is moving upon the church faster than we can ever see. But we are pacing. We are waiting on Biden to be impeached. I wish all them crazy Democrats And everybody, and I'm so sick and tired. Oh, I I can't believe they want me to get a vaccine. I ain't ain't sick and tired of it. I I don't know. I got to wear a mask. And and we're restless, and we're moving back and forth. And the enemy is pulling us. My God, somebody hear me. He's pulling us out of the house. And if we get out of the house, the enemy's going to destroy us. can't get out of the house. I just read you a story. Balaam and ba- Balak. Balak wanted Israel destroyed. And the only way he could get Israel destroyed is if Israel was cursed. Huh? Because Israel was going to defeat him and he knew it and he could not come against it. Huh? So he wanted to find somebody huh, that could curse God's people. So he finds a man by the name of Balaam. And he comes to him and he says, hey, I'm going to give you all this gold and I'm going to give you all this silver. Listen to me. I'm going to give you all of this stuff. What I need you to do is I need you to stand up and I need you to curse God's people and I need you to stop them. I need, I need to tell somebody I don't care. I don't care what they say. I don't care if they do burn wax on your picture. I don't care if they put a pin in a doll. I don't care if they holler at you. If you are God's people, you cannot be cursed. The devil is a lie. We don't have to walk into that kind of torment. We understand that because he lives, I live also. And when I live, that means my living God is still breathing. I need to tell somebody in here today, it's not over. But don't get out of the house. Don't get out of the house. I don't care if it's Baptist House, Methodist House, Presbyterian house. I don't care. I don't care what road you took to get to Jesus. I'm telling you right now, once you get in the house, don't get out of the house. Don't let politics drag you out. Don't let somebody else's falling down and coming out of covenant with God. Don't let somebody else's lying and somebody else's betrayal and somebody else's hurts. Come on, somebody in somebody else's pain. Don't let that pull you out of the house. You better stay. You better stay in the house. You better get Get ready. You better get ready for a revival that is sweeping through for this revival will touch all four corners of the earth. And I come to tell somebody right now that there's gotta be a birthplace of it. And I believe whatever thing that is in my spirit that it birthed in Kansas one time, it'll birth another time. I believe that we are the next twin of a Holy Ghost revival that moved through America and spread through the world. I will not give up on it, I will stand on it. I believe this is what God has appointed us. That adversity had moved us. Adversity. That's the thing that moves us. Restless syndrome will move us. See, because when you get restless, you just Feel like that there's, you've done everything that you can do. <laughs> there's, there's people in the church, everybody say, I love the preacher. A preacher. On this side, everybody say, I love the preacher. preacher. All right. And they have a lot in them to do for the church. But all they really want to do is a place to say they're a part of. And we all know that a church cannot really be a church unless it's a full body. How many knows that a man with one leg instead of two legs can't get around very well? How many knows that a man with one arm instead of two arms can't do a whole lot? So we can't have a handicapped church. We need a church that is full functionable. That has two legs, two arms, two ears, two eyes, a nose, and one mouth, one head. But we need a church that is going to be able to be functionable. What happens is, is a lot of people coming to church. Somebody say, ouch, oh, me something. Gets Restless. And we're searching. We're coming to church now in this day and hour for entertainment, for pleasure, for acquaintances. We want a social club, something to plug into. We're coming to church because a buddy comes. We're coming to church because because, uh, of this program. And we ought to come to church because of God. And what happens is, is the people in the church gets restless. And then the enemy pulls us out. And then the enemy tries to curse what the power of God has already blessed. And here's where we stand in this day of revival. <clears throat> is we're looking for all of the glamour. Do, do y'all remember... Uh, when uh, I was talking to my uncle, I was in the hospital yesterday. I went to Oklahoma City Heart. My, my 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 dad had been on a ventilator for several days. Uh, had some bad uh, heart issues. So they was going to remove him off the ventilator, and they didn't know how everything was going to go. So they was calling all the family in. And so when when I drove there and and I got there, one of my uncles. Uh, He was uh, sitting there and and hadn't seen him in a very, very long time. And he said, I watch you on that Facebook. (laughs) I said, good, good. He said, I like that jumping around you're doing. I said, awesome. He said, you know, I was raised in a church like that, which I know they was. My grandma, uh, Betty McCoy, uh, was raised in a church. And uh, I said, yeah, back in those church, they used to do tent revivals and brush harbors. And this is what he said. I remember the brush harbors because we put one up one time. And the Holy Ghost hit me standing there well, I was looking at him, Melvin Brown, the Holy Ghost, and I want you to know right now, the enemy might have pulled you out of the house but God's bringing you back to the house. I'm prophesying over you. I need to tell people right now, there might be people that have been pulled out of the house but there's going to be a swoop of revival and it's going to move. You hear me right now, it's going to move and it's coming back and it's like a wave and it's going to move upon the house of God but what's going to happen is, is this wave isn't just going back to the good ones, but it's going to get in the junkyards. It's going to get in the pits. It's going to get in in, in in the cat houses. It's going to get in the dope houses. Come on, somebody. It's going to get into the penitentiaries. It's going to get into those places and it's pulling them back. And there was people coming back to the house of God. And Bannick is standing on the hill and he's watching the army of God as it moves in to take over. And he's trying to find somebody. The enemy needs to find somebody to curse God's people and I'm telling you right now COVID-19 you cannot curse the church you cannot curse God's people we are bigger than that we are coming we are coming there's a song that a gay men's choir come out with and the song says we're coming for you kids we're coming for you I need to tell you I'm coming for you you lying devil I'm coming after you I'm not sitting here no more. I'm coming into your house. I'm kicking your doors down. I'm bringing all heaven with me. And we will see a revival that will shake this nation like we've never seen. My God, stand on your feet and give my God a crazy praise. I'm almost through. Anna, come in. We sit back for too long and we tell our preachers, well, don't talk about it. Don't talk about the gays and the homosexuals, and uh, and uh, don't talk about all of this stuff, and and, uh, and, and, and 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 don't do this and don't do that, and we have the churches setting back, and slowly by slowly, Balak is trying to get Balaam to curse God, but I need to tell somebody that there is an angel that will stand in the way. I'm so glad—not once, not twice, but three times—the angel stood in the way and would not let the enemy destroy what God has already put a blessing on. When God puts his stamp of approval upon your life, I don't care who likes it or who doesn't like it. When God approves you, I'm here to tell you, he will see you all the way through. So now we sit back and we don't want to be devil chasers anymore. We just want to make sure no devils get in our house, but I'm coming after him. I'm not gonna sit here in my glorified church clothes. I'm not going to sit here and talk about, I got 25 years of ministry underneath my belt. I'm stepping out, and I'm coming in the ruins. I'm coming in the dry places. I'm climbing the backside of the mountain just so I can find and retrieve the blessings of God. We sit back too long. the enemy has lured us out of the house the older son listen this got the same blessing if not more because we understand that the older got the bigger blessing they are the ones who got the biggest so the older son I would dare say got more Than the younger son. But the younger son, the second. I mean my mind's just twirling right now on something to preach. Praise God. The next generation got restless. They wouldn't abused was not held back from they just got restless and church if there's ever anything that you ought to really fight against it's that restless syndrome and I'm telling you right now I'm opening it up I'm telling you you can you can make a clip of this and put it back later but we are looking for Workers to help in King's Kids. We are looking for people to help run the camera. We are looking for people to greet at the door. We are looking for so many different things. And I believe as a church, we could do our part. We could stand up. Because what's going to happen is you're going to keep coming and sitting right there. And you're going to get restless. See, I ain't going to say that. Thank you, Holy Ghost. But if we do not plug ourselves and put ourselves in, see, there are baby Christians and then there are grown Christians. Jesus even says, He says, come to me as children. Even even the apostle Paul writes in his letters and he said, oh, you little children, let me say to you. But then there is a time when he says, I'm talking to you full grown. We can't stay babies all of our life. But at the same time, we can't get mad because we're dealing with babies either but we can't get so restless into the house of God that we sense a revival. But we're just pacing because of everything going on on the outside. Everything going on, we're just pacing. Just pacing, just pacing. And when the enemy lures us outside of God's presence, That's when we're God, that's when he gets us. When he lures us outside of the presence and ability of God to cover and protect, that's when he gets us. Don't ever forget where you came from. But don't ever stay little. Always remember, if God be for you, who can be against you? This revival, and I quit saying it's there's a revival coming. I quit saying that because because the enemy really really got me putting it out in the future and if you don't understand sometimes the words that you say have effect and if you keep saying it's coming it's coming then you're gonna be setting and still anticipating and waiting I'm not anticipating there is a revival I believe, I believe that it was birthed underneath adversity. I believe that the coronavirus has shut the world down. But instead, it caused a birth and a release and a glory. Now we just got to keep the church from getting restless. Don't get restless. Restless. Don't leave yet. Don't walk out yet. I'm not talking about life changers, church. Those people are going to be coming and going. I can't control that. I'm talking about God's presence and God's house. Don't leave his presence. Stand to your feet all over this building.